0: Hey everyone, just a quick announcement before we get started. Our next episode was supposed to be next week, but given everything that happened after the Oscars, I wanted to get this episode in so you're getting it only a week later from our last regular episode. So our next regular episode will be in two weeks from now, as opposed to a week from now. Um, so like the first Tuesday after Easter, and that one's going to be a doozy. It's going to be our Easter special where I'll go into more detail about my personal journey of faith. But for now, sit back, relax, and listen to this very special, well, very special and regular episode of the show as we talk about the same thing everyone's been talking about, but taking it from an angle that I guarantee you have not heard before. Enjoy. You are listening to The Ebony,
1: covering Black America Podcast Network presented by walmart
0: march 27th 2022 is a day that will go down in infamy as a day of the slap heard round the world Will Smith, international superstar whose entire career had been painstakingly crafted and molded as the quintessential paragon of Hollywood leading man, was in a single moment devolved into your everyday hoodlum negro. That is the possible perception one might have if you spoke to a number of white people that evening. Ask a bunch of black folk what they thought, however, and you'll probably hear something along the lines of a few of these prominent luminaries in the black community.
2: Now, I would define tonight as a success. It was a great night tonight. Okay. First of all, I seen a man stand up for his wife, which we don't see that much anymore. That made me have hope. We live in a world where people need to know that there's a possibility they can be hit
1: in the mouth for saying stupid shit, racist shit, insensitive shit, bigoted shit, and ableist shit.
3: If someone speaks negatively about my wife's medical condition, I'm
1: smacking the
3: fuck out the ass fuckers as you talk about. But I love to see
2: somebody Anybody of any race protecting a black woman. And I feel like a lot of y'all's critique behind this rests on the assumption that black women are not worthy of that protection.
0: Those were the voices of comedian and actress Tiffany Haddish, Instagram superstar and parking lot tea spiller Lene Vanee, motivational black man and preeminent public service announcer Charity Croft, and podcast darlings of the black community, Kid Fury and Crystal Love, The Reed. They all share the sentiments that many black people, particularly women, had. That while it was unfortunate that what had happened on that stage had to occur, Chris Rock absolutely had it coming to him. He should have known better about dissing a black woman about her hair, especially in public, in front of the whites, and Will had every right to slap his shit out of him. And I, I gotta tell you, I was genuinely surprised by this response. It seemed like a no-brainer to me that what Will had done was completely out of line and something that was exacerbated because it did happen in front of all of white Hollywood. But nothing has been as indicative of the saying that not all black people are a monolith as the black community's response to this slap. This event was such a cultural touchstone, not only for black people, but for the world in general. This will be immortalized in pop culture, no, American history as a defining moment. Perhaps it says something about our society that what ridiculously wealthy people do to each other on the public stage has such a profound impact on us personally. I've been in conversations with friends and loved ones both online and in real life where do you think they were slapped? so many of us had a visceral and even somatic response to Will slapping Chris. But right or wrong, we feel connected to these people, especially when they put so much of their lives on blast for the whole world the way that Will and Jada do. And because it was such a significant touchpoint, particularly for the black community, it feels like something we should address. Except there are two big issues. First, even though as I write the script, it's been less than a full week since that slap happened, man, people were already tired about talking about this topic like five days ago. Lord have mercy, everyone and their mama has had a hot take on the slap. And just about every time any podcaster I've listened to has talked about it, they mentioned how sick and tired everyone was about talking about it, which of course didn't actually stop them from adding to the plethora of people talking about it. So... Even if we did talk about it, I don't know what the hell we could bring to the conversation that would be any different than what you've already heard. But the second and arguably more important issue is related to a commitment I made a couple of episodes ago. That is having this show be largely about my personal journey as a black man reconnecting with his blackness after living his entire adult life in a white world. What does Will Slapping Chris have anything to do with that? Well, believe it or not, This whole slap has a lot to do with my personal journey. And I'm going to make a religious analogy here. In the Christian world, when someone becomes a believer, they are often called a baby Christian. Their love and passion for Jesus Christ are real, authentic, raw, and often still forming. There are aspects about the Bible or Christianity they haven't quite figured out or come to grips with. And frankly, there are lots of aspects of the faith they still don't know. There's no denying their commitment or passion, but you wouldn't have one of them get up on stage and give a sermon. In many ways, I feel similarly with regards to issues that are so core to the black community. Now, I know that might sound odd to some of you, especially if you're not black. But nonetheless, I feel like that sometimes. It wouldn't be unfair to say there are certain issues that just don't fall on me the same way they fall on many, if not most, black people. In many ways, for all intents and purposes, I sometimes feel like my take on something is no different than a white person's. I hate even saying that or admitting that, but if I'm being brutally honest with myself, I have to accept that that's true, and it's something with which I frequently wrestle. When Chris first made that joke about Jada, not one part of me felt like it was a diss on her as a black woman. The connection to her hair as a black woman didn't cross my mind for even a nanosecond. In fact, what did cross my mind was that it was actually kind of a compliment. Demi Moore, who was the star of G.I. Jane, looked amazing in that movie, and she was a total badass. I couldn't for the life of me see how comparing Jada to her was a diss. Add to that, I don't really follow Jada Pinkett Smith. I mean, I've seen a few episodes of Red Table Talk here and there, but it's been a few years since I've tuned in, and I haven't even bothered to check out the Entanglement episodes. And I sure as hell don't follow her on Instagram. So I honestly had no fucking clue that she even was dealing with alopecia. So yeah, Chris's joke to me seemed utterly tame as Oscar jokes go. But as I heard what other black women had to say about it, it was like the scales falling from my eyes.
1: Oh, Ron, so you've asked me to comment on this Will Smith, Chris Rock, Jada Pinkett Smith Oscar situation and my personal feelings about it.
0: I asked my co-host Yolanda to share her perspective and set the foundation for this part of the discussion.
1: I'm loath to even comment because... It's been talked about ad nauseum, commented about, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, blah, 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 public discourse, and I think everybody is growing weary of hearing about it, talking about it, all the things, but uh, you usually um, come up with something good, so I will offer up my thoughts here once again what I have said and maintained is that because people have said oh Chris Rock didn't know she had alopecia I believe he didn't know she had alopecia and I have maintained that regardless I think he should have known not to choose to make a joke about a black woman in her hair okay maybe that's a little bit too far but Jada's head is bald any woman who has a bald head has a reason for having a bald head in this society. Black, white, Asian, whatever. It may not be a tie to a medical condition. It may be that she's sick and fucking tired of having to deal with her hair. Or having her hair define her. Or having her hair uh, determine the assessment of her amount of attractiveness or having her hair express how strong or not strong that she is. So any bald, any woman with a bald head has a bald head for a very specific reason. And more often than not, that reason has some tie to her psyche. Chris Rock, as I have also said, was the producer and participant in a documentary called Good Hair, which explored, you know, some of the history and relationship that black women have to hair and all of the things that, you know, goes into us needing to maintain our hair, style our hair, feel good about our hair, feel attractive, be creative with our hair, all kinds of things. And not only that, he has reared two black females who have hair and i'm sure that he has witnessed over the many years of doing so and you know i don't know the man i've never been you know i don't know anything about his life personally but it seems on the surface and from afar an observation that he has a good relationship with his daughters i would imagine he's been a fantastic father to them which is wonderful um Black women need amazing, wonderful, present black fathers. It seems to me that that's, he, he has done that. So by those reasons, I was surprised that he would not be mindful enough to, to not process in that moment, in the quickness of it, of looking at Jada's bald head and look at her and say something about G.I. Jane.
0: The documentary, Good Hair, had a profound impact on my life in a way. I had shown it to my biracial stepdaughter way back when she was about 15 or 16 at the time, and it opened up her mind to things she didn't know about the black community at the time because for so many years, she was raised by her single white mom. Talking to her about it inspired me to make my own short film documentary about her lived experiences as a biracial child.
2: When I was little, My mom gave me the nickname Little Sunshine, and I asked her why she gave me that nickname, and she said it was because I was the brightest thing in her life.
0: Going out to restaurants with her white grandmother and people giving them looks, friends asking her, what are you? Constantly dealing with white people saying how exotic she looked to the point where she felt like she was in a museum feeling caught between two worlds one white and one black The
1: past is gone and the future's unknown God give me freedom or nothing at all cause hello I'm not coming back
0: Hello. Even though I'm about as dark as Chris Rock himself, I have actually often felt biracial in that sense of being caught between those two worlds. And I think that was one of the reasons why I was so inspired by the things that my stepdaughter shared and me wanting to make that documentary about her. In some ways, it was kind of like my own story. So here I was seeing the slap play out on the world stage and I had feelings to share. When we come back from the break, I share with you those feelings, and you'll get a chance to hear from people you haven't heard from this past week. Regular folk. Stay tuned. So, I was ready to get the conversation going about this whole slap. So I went to the Black Employee Slack channel at my work the tech company hubspot and posted this tweet from nicole hannah jones author of the 1619 project i'm tripping that you can assault someone on live television on stage at the oscars and just take your seat and watch the rest of the show Unquote. now if you're if you're wondering what a block employee slack channel is All that is is uh, an employee research group, uh, an opportunity for people in a particular demographic to be able to feel safe in an environment to share their thoughts and feelings. We have one geared towards women, one geared towards LGBTQ, and we have one for allyship, for someone who wants to help and be an ally to these various groups but uh, can't actually join those particular Slack channels. Part of me felt relieved that a black woman so revered in the black community shared a sentiment similar to mine, on top of the fact that I often don't know if my outlook on life aligns with how most black people would feel. And there are lots of different reasons for this. Part of it is the fact that for so many years I wasn't connected to the black community, but part of it is also for the fact that years ago I was diagnosed with a low EQ. That's emotional quotient. That simply means in certain situations, I'm not great at reading how a person or a group of people are feeling. It was something my marriage counselor at the time deduced in one of his one-on-one sessions with me. After years of counseling, reading a bunch of relationship books, and watching a whole lot of Tony Robbins videos, I'm way better at it than I once was. Even so, every now and then, I feel like I miss cues. And it wasn't long before the brothers and sisters on that Slack channel started chiming in. And it was then I had the first clue that my take on it was probably not as popular among black people as I originally thought it might. Whereas I felt like it sucked that this happened between two black men in front of so many whites, there are quite a few people both on this channel and, as you heard in the clips above, didn't give a flying frack about what white people thought. In fact, this respectability politics that so many black people had was something that many of us want to stop. And it was actually on this thread where I first saw comments about how this comment was not just a diss on Jada, but just another example of black women in general being disrespected. And it was great to finally see a black man stand up for not only his wife, but black women in general.
2: I mean, I think for me, um, I have a I wouldn't say unique perspective. I mean, Mm -hmm. as a black woman. Right. um, I feel a certain type of way. I also have a form of alopecia. Right. So. Um, I believe the one that Jada has is alopecia errata, which is your hair can actually grow back. But mine actually is different. It's a scarring alopecia. So Mm. um, if I lose mine, I don't get it back.
0: That was the voice of Sade. She's a video producer at HubSpot, and she also happens to be an improv comedian. She was one of the first to chime in on the Slack channel to say she appreciated the slap. She was one of the three people from that Slack channel I invited on the show to share how they felt.
2: I've learned that you don't have to insult people or make people feel bad to be funny. I don't mm-hmm. think that you need to to make people, you know, upset or cry or you know mm-hmm. have feelings about themselves to be the butt of the joke. When you can make things that are situational or make mm-hmm. yourself, you know, a little bit of butt of the joke, to where you don't have to make that insensitive around someone else. So, Uh you know, you can talk about traffic, you can talk about food, you can talk about date. Like there are things that do not make someone else the center of the joke that make it less offensive. So for me, it was very different to watch this. And I think what I have an issue with Chris Rock in general and why I think he deserves the slap wholeheartedly is that he consistently makes black women the butt of his jokes. Mm -hmm. And not only does he do it consistently, he does it in white spaces. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not like you do it at a black underground comedy club where like it's a whole bunch of people who look like you. You do it on the biggest stages in front of these large groups of people and if anything i expect black people to protect black people Mm -hmm. point blank period so like if you are going to do these things consistently like at least keep it within the community right so
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um but i'm not mad that he got slapped because he deserves that shit so
0: (laughs) do you think he knew she had alopecia and if she if he genuinely did not know and people say oh how can you not know i didn't know which, you know, if you listen to my podcast, maybe you're, you're not surprised I didn't know. But I didn't know. But I've listened to other people who didn't know. Um, I think we have this expectation that just because someone has a million followers, two million, whatever, they put out an Instagram reel, the whole world knows. Like, lots of people don't watch Red Table Talk or follow her IG. And he, and he made it legitimately not know. Not know.
2: And that's fair, however. Mm-hmm. He's also the person that made a documentary called Good Hair. Right. So if you should know in general, not to discuss black women's hair, but in general, most So you've never people,
0: heard, okay, go ahead.
2: Even if you don't know, but I'm just saying, even if you don't know, Right. I don't really know a lot of women. Yes, there's some women who flat out shave their head because they look good in a bald head, right. yes. However, it's Mm -hmm. not very typical. When you see someone with a shaved head, Mm -hmm. typically it is due to a medical condition, whether it's chemotherapy whether it's alopecia whether it's something generally for the 90% of the time that I've at least known people who do it's usually due to a medical condition lately it's been more of a trend where I'm doing because I look cute in it but a lot of people that I know who do it's usually because of a reason so like same way that like you don't say to somebody who's a little bit chubby whether or not they're pregnant because it's a crime you don't cross unless they literally say I'm pregnant like it's the same thing you don't make jokes especially when it comes to women when it's men it's slightly different different and that's a double standard sure mm-hmm. but like with women you don't joke about hair you don't joke about like pregnancy because you don't actually right. do.
0: i kind of feel like ever since the dora Milaji from wakanda that a lot more black women have been rocking the bald heads because I agree. Realize- but
2: if you don't know the answer you shouldn't say shit you can okay, just close your mouth you great. also just don't have to make a hair joke like, totally that's true to
0: that's true totally true <laughs> A few black men on that channel shared Sade's feelings. One of them was Oscar:
4: I wasn't surprised that the slap happened. I was like, oh, you weren't okay. surprised
0: that yeah. Will so Smith walked up on a stage and slapped a man. You were like, "Oh yeah, I expected that <laughs> not, not,
4: not that I expected it, you know, but more right. so that the fact that it happened.
0: Didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily
4: surprise me because of Mm -hmm. what I feel like I read in Will's memoir and Mm -hmm. what I feel like I have come to learn about him in the the recent years. That he, his relationship with Jada has been so public.
0: Right.
4: His relationship with himself, his father, his history has been so public. It's not that I was, I was like, oh yeah, that should happen. It was more that it happened, and I. Was understanding to the fact that it happened, you mm-hmm. know, and there's only I think so much that we can expect, like, will to emotionally go through in the public forum, and then for it to not literally clap back in the public forum, you know, mm-hmm. like that to me was also like, you know, what I thought what I felt like I saw was happening. Eng- when I've been engaging in response, I think people have been confusing me saying like, "Oh, I'm not surprised," as me saying, "Oh, I agree with that; it should ha- that it should have happened." Sure,
0: it's not the same because thing. It, right?
4: I, I understand that it happened, and I'm all like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense to me that it happened." Right, doesn't mean that I think it should have happened. I don't know. I think people are are holding the Oscars to this high standard of a place yeah. that it pro- actually doesn't really belong in. Like Great. people have been saying, "Oh, it's like not on that stage, and like not in that in that place. Like that wasn't the Time or the place like i mean a lot of really negative things have happened at the oscars like there have been shows of actual violence at the like fortification mm-hmm. of violence at the oscars totally. there's been you know many cases where folks have been verbally abusive at the oscars to not to nominees or to winners even of mm-hmm. oscars you know the oscars in and of themselves is a you know pro- a proponent or propaganda tool for mm-hmm. violence you know yeah. like When you think about who's been, who's won the Oscars And the violence that they've perpetuated in their own lives You know, I mean, the people who shall not be made Kind of like the chickens coming home to
0: roost Kind of thing, in Mm -hmm.
3: a sense I mean,
4: you know, and I don't know Like, yeah, I kind of feel that way Like, And just because things have been Doesn't mean that they necessarily should continue to be Either, you know, like me and my friend were joking. They were like, oh, people forgot about the Source Awards, you know, where, where, <laughs> where, where, where literally people would, you know, be throwing chairs and there would be knives drawn. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to say that that's how it should be. Right. I'm just saying that it, there has been examples of it being like that in the past. Now, I think that Will also, you know, I did he do it for Jada? Maybe, maybe not. You know, I think that's, that's also kind of part of it. Part part of the commentary, like, I think he did it for I, that's himself. There's a, and Will talks about this in his memoir, his mm-hmm. core wound is feeling like a coward. Right. His core wound is that he's not, quote unquote, man enough to sustain his family and to sustain himself. Like That's part of like what, what keeps him up at night. You know, mm-hmm. he talks about that very eloquently and fully in his memoir, and I think for him in that moment, The same way he didn't stand up, this is a spoiler, if you haven't read the book, you should read it, but this is a spoiler. It's early in the book, so, you know, if he didn't stand up to his father when his father was abusing his mother, Mm -hmm. he holds that wound everywhere. And I think in that moment, he was all like, oh, I'm not standing up for my wife the the way I didn't stand up for my mother. This is my opportunity to clap back at the man who's abusing my loved one. Like, right. I you probably okay. slap your father, okay. not, not Chris, you know? okay. like, and that's mm-hmm. very meta, but that's, yeah. that's my
0: take. When I read the sentiment shared by Oscar, Shade and a few other people on that thread, I went back to that place in my soul where I felt like, oh shit, I'm the black sheep in this crowd. Or perhaps a better analogy is white sheep. Even now, at my age, I sometimes feel like that kid that was teased by black people for talking and acting white. Did I get it wrong? Should I just shut my mouth? Should I, like the white people, just sit this one out because, you know, I'm like that baby Christian I mentioned earlier? But whenever I feel like that, every now and then I hear or read enough takes by black people similar to mine. Whether it's black Twitter, think pieces by prominent black athletes and comedians, or a fellow colleague at work. I found it completely
3: unjustifiable.
0: That's Michael, a designer at HubSpot and one of the few brothers on that channel whose take was more in line with how I was thinking and feeling about the whole situation. When we get back from the break, we'll hear what Michael had to say. Welcome back. As promised, here are the sentiments of Michael, the designer.
3: I mean, I know there's a lot of nuance and, you know, I don't know how much time we have to kind of go into it, but I look at it like... I find the joke debatable like yes, it was in poor taste, but um, his response to it like I found that like completely like out of line and out of control. the way I was analyzing it like how do we as a people like respond when we feel disrespected you know not threatened but disrespected okay. so like the way so that's why the way the way he kind of approached it to me says that there is a lot of Uh, like, security issues, like, sensitivity issues that he has that he has not been able to uh, properly uh, analyze for himself and understand. And, like, how do I explain it? So I feel like he did it for himself, first of all, because in that type of situation, like, you know, we all, as we all know by now, he was laughing at the joke until he saw Jada's reaction. And I think his relationship with her is creating some kind of, like, I need her approval for things. Like, I need to make sure she knows I can protect her. And that kind of reinforces feelings in himself that he is not a man because he's not able to protect. He's not seen as a protector. Like, we've kind of, um, you know, he I think he mentioned somewhere in his memoir, like, he wanted her to see him the way she, um, she looked at Tupac. And I think that kind of, like, affects his perception of himself. Mm-hmm. And if we noticed throughout his career, he's always been seen as, like, the guy who's not been violent i think he was at the grammys a couple years ago and you mentioned oh i never had to swear to sell records like he always came across as this cool dude this relaxed dude but i think it's recently it's created this perception that he's been seen as weak you know mm-hmm. like during the whole like red table talk like when it's revealed like things about his marriage it's created this perception that you know he is like pretty much like not in he is now he is not the 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 force in control in the in the relationship between him and jada and i think like that created a situation where he felt he needed to prove himself and he tried to do that by making an example of a black man that is smaller and shorter than him and he did that knowing that he wasn't going to get a response back because he was at you know uh, um, the situation where That he wasn't going to be reprimanded for and i found that very like abhorrent and as i lost a lot of respect for him because of that
2: um okay let me let you finish i'm sorry go ahead
3: yeah go ahead so i mean so and i think a lot of the way my perception has been colored about it is because i actually saw the gij movie like a few years ago and that if you saw that movie like in its entirety like it was really about, you know, a woman who is joining the military, you know, uh, that's male dominated. And against all odds, she kind of proves herself. You know, she is being able to do the same thing as the men, being able to kind of, like, prove that men can kind of, kind of go through the um, the, the training the same way as men. And it became, like, a very empowering movie. Like, to me, it kind of, I liked it. It kind of changed my perception of things. So my perception of the joke itself, that it wasn't an insult in in a way like you know, like kind of disrespecting her, but basically saying that she is also a badass female. You know what I mean? Like she looked at he looked at her like, okay, this this is a woman that I could see her starring in the movie where she overpowers the men or proves herself to the man in that kind of situation. So and I know that's kind of people have different perception on that. But for me the main thing was like why didn't Wilk have a joke of his own? Like he's a black comedian too. He came up in that era where, I mean, how many seasons were Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Like, he had mad fat jokes for Uncle Phil. I mean, I, you, I, saw, I know you saw, like, there's another viral video going around about Will making a fat joke to someone in the audience. Like, he had jokes of his own. Like, there's different ways to respond to that situation. He could have had a joke for Chris, um, you know, during his acceptance speech. He could have just said something about how I love Jada, she supports me. could He could have been in the audience, like, holding a hand. He could have talked to Chris after the show. Like, why the slap? Like, why did you have to act like you're a tough man in front of the world just to prove that you think you can protect her? Like, there are other ways to respond to that situation. So that's why, for me, I felt like him trying to, like, prove himself by doing something like that was completely out of line. And I think that says a lot about his insecurity about himself. And that's something I think he needs to address in his own private way. But, you know, I just think that was completely uncalled for. So that's just my perception.
0: So they us jump at the bit here. I am. I have <laughs>
2: notes because I have yeah. lots of things to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First, um, the laugh. You cannot control someone's reaction to things. Like, I've seen people who in death have laugh said different things to things right that were not what you would say in a standard reaction so like i don't know if that laugh was ha 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 i found it funny or like ha 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 you gonna get a reaction to this True. i also don't know if you've seen the 2016 oscar speech so that was the whole oscar so white thing yeah so like the joke to jada then was not a positive joke it right. was yeah, actually
3: yes yeah, definitely exactly. it was it was
2: why are you're not even nominated you yeah. mad because your husband didn't get nominated it was an yeah. insult to her so yeah. i do not think that his gi jane comment was a oh i find you empowering and wonderful it was not it was absolutely a dig to her mm-hmm. absolutely an insult to her versus a oh mm. i think you're so great it wasn't because i think that's why will doesn't excuse yes the like I, again i think Again, I I think he deserved to get slapped, but I don't know if I necessarily think that it should have happened then in that moment. I do think it was a little bit of an aggressive reaction, but I know Will sat there and was like, I'm waiting for some shit to pop off because I know you have a slick mouth against me and my wife, Mm. period. Because it's not the first time that Chris has put his wife's name and his name in his mouth. So Mm -hmm. that's why he had that reaction. I do agree that it was a visceral reaction, but again, I think it's like when you already have this feeling, this... Adjustment, this like you know what I mean? Like it's it's you. I don't like. I definitely been in a situation where I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to throw up. Like say something, pop off, see what's gonna happen. Like Will also is front. Like he's he's never. And I don't know. I haven't read the book, so I I don't know. But like again, I don't get me wrong. I am. I am publicly, you know, I I could present in one way, but like I'm also from the hood, so like mm-hmm. pop off on me and see what's gonna happen. Like it's just right, <laughs> no, right. I hear
3: you. I mean, like, I hear you. Not- no, no, I like I, I'm I'm with you on it. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, mm-hmm. so why I, I the joke is debatable. Like I could definitely see your mm-hmm. way, and so, but my whole thing was like, why why then and why that response? You know what I mean? Like there are other ways. No, but see, but like, but like now you made the whole show about him. You know, Absolutely. like I. I I read some stuff about, like, the the people who did the Summer Show show, like the, the, the producers, they were completely heated, like, yo you overtook our moment. The Serena Williams, this is the, the, the Williams Beyonce. sisters, they left, yeah, they left early because they were like, you know, the whole, you made the whole thing about yourself, like, the entire award show is now about this situation, so that's, Speaks to me about a level of narcissism that he has that is not i that to moment him. he
2: decided I'm gonna do. This no, lot, but but I'm gonna see, make but that's
3: about but that me. but yeah, but that's but see, that's what I'm talking about. Like control is important, you know. Absolutely. Like if Actions you if you were to do that, if you were to if I was to do that, you know, at my job, you know, job, you know I'd be fired. If I was to do Absolutely. that in the government building, well, I'd we're be. we
2: If regular I was
3: people. to do that in the street, <laughs> you probably get shot up. You know, I know a lot of people that have been killed in that same situation. Like oh oh, you know, you stepped on my shoes or you hollered on my girl, pff, shots rang out, you know right. what I mean? And at the end of the day, we don't even know why or what happened. All we know is the end result, you know? So I think in a situation like that, like, like you're right, maybe, you know, he was laughing, just kind of pretending, but like self-control is important. Like there are, there are ways to like look at that. Like, and, and that's why I mean, that's why I think the black comedian stuff is important. Like he's from that era. Like he knows what that's about. So he knows, okay, you know what? I know you got jokes but I got a way to handle it, you know? Like, but,
2: And that same you, effect then, why then is Chris Rock consistent, like I said before, in a stage in front of a whole bunch of white people bringing up black people and degrading yeah. black people, specifically black women but, but no, on but stage, he's stages like that? <laughs> no,
0: let's bring it's it, let's bring, Oscar, did you have anything to say? But to make sure yeah. you're, yeah. you're sitting there quiet
4: i i'm I mean I'm enjoying the show, yeah which is what the whole thing was to be the Oscars is a performance, you know, like, yeah we're there to celebrate performance. I enjoyed the show,
0: Sade so made a point to bring up how Chris Rock has historically made uh, black women, specifically the butt of his jokes, and this is a a recurring theme that's come up with this topic, so much so that uh, Yolanda spoke to it in depth in her recording that she made for me. I am experiencing
1: and have, for uh, the entirety of this since it happened, a significant sense of sadness and despair, and um, I've spoken about this, or not really spoken, we've had some ongoing slack exchanges about the situation in which I've expressed that And the more time goes, the more I am sad about it, and I mentioned to you that it um, brings a sadness to my core. Um, I feel, you know, I looked up the term despair and it included hopelessness and that's how I'm feeling. I mentioned to you that, um, part of this is, uh, tied to coming off of the week long major attacks, um, on... Tanji Brown Jackson during the Supreme Court nomination hearings. And um, that was particularly distressing for myself. You know, I, I said, I can't really speak for all black women, but I can speak for my own feelings. And it's those attacks felt um, traumatic and i said to you at one point it's it, it's 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 a deep wound it's something deep inside and to the core of my being our being black women's beings and it's it's this thing that is tough to describe but it is akin to that feeling that we all have when we watch these police brutality videos because It is an attack on your being. It is an attack on your humanity. It is an attack on your soul, on your existence. Um, And that's what those hearings felt like. So, you know, that that, uh, came just prior to Oscar night. And so then Oscar night happens. And if I'm being perfectly honest after I've, you know, had some time to reflect on it... So Chris Rock made this joke, and the joke itself, by itself, was not a a really bad or super demeaning joke, just on its face. Everybody has mentioned, oh, you know, he was making a reference to a movie which Demi Moore was in, and you know, she was a badass in that movie and, you know, she was deemed very attractive and strong and all these things. And really it was a compliment. (laughs) So, so, okay. Uh, maybe not really, but, um, the history and relationship of white women to their hair is far different than, the history and relationship of black women and their hair and systemic racism in this country. So I, I kind of don't buy into that rationale about the joke potentially being something of a, even you could regard it as a compliment. I don't believe that. I, I do think if we could remove, uh, the history and persecution of racism associated with racism in this country, particularly for black women, then I could potentially say, you know what, the joke wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad for a in the moment. Okay, so there's that. Despite all of the discussions and rationales and logic and arguments surrounding whether or not Will's actions were right and the responses were right. Um, I believe what is troubling for me as a black woman, and maybe for lots of other black women, i again, I've decided I can't speak for other black women, I can only speak for myself, but in having all of the discussions and the discourse, what is personally troublesome is that despite what might be morally correct, I feel like that I'm not being understood about how I feel about what happened, about how I feel walking around and existing in the world as a black woman and how we're regarded and how um, the expectations that are put upon us and our behavior and Um, how we are supposed to be able to um, take the different things that come at us in the world and live up to them. And we are never allowed to, you know, be in a position of needing some, I don't know, regard or protection or care or, you know, I said at one point, As a black woman, I would love a little TLC, a little love, a little protection, um, understanding, um, empathy, all of those things. And it feels like none of that is forthcoming. And in fact, it seems a bit like the opposite. And going back to Ketanji Brown-Jackson hearings, I did use the word trauma. Um, You know, I spoke to a few... African American female friends who voiced on their own without prompting about how hard it was to watch those hearings. I had a friend tell me how it turned her stomach. It's a physical reaction because again, it's such a deep wound that is to our core. So, um, we talked over Slack about how black women are, um, emotionally, psychologically sensitive right now and I am definitely one of those people for those reasons.
0: Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on an international stage has got to be one of the most fascinating sociological experiments in the modern world. You just heard Yolanda share how the fallout from the slap yielded a traumatic response from her and her friends. We've seen this trauma play out in so many ways. And I know it's had an impact on me in all the ways I mentioned earlier, that feeling that I would be judged as a black man based on my response. But there's one more way in which Rill's response scares me. If you've been listening to this show, you know full and well that I'm the butt of the jokes. I am the Charlie Brown, and that is 100% by design. I go with it, I laugh with it, and I totally get it. But if I'm being honest, there's a part of me that worries that I could one day snap, like Will. Ironically, I joke that JD and Yolanda are collectively the fresh prince to my Carlton. It's been a fun shorthand to use as a way of establishing our dynamic, but in many ways, I'm a lot like Will. I am what you might call white safe. Generally speaking, I don't intimidate white people. If my dark skin and kinky hair could possibly make someone who didn't know me uncomfortable, by the time I open my mouth, any possibility of uneasiness or intimidation goes right out the window. And I can laugh at that, that's cool. If I were to become a rap star, I most definitely would have made songs like Summertime and Parents Just Don't Understand as opposed to "Hit 'Em Up or Hypnotize. But also like Will, I have a long-standing wound. For Will, it was a sense that he's a coward, stemming all the way from his childhood and inability to protect his mother from his father's abuse. For me, it stems to my young adulthood, particularly in college, and feeling like I was never black enough for black people and too black for the whites and Asians. When Will saw the look on Jada's face after Chris Rock's empirically tame joke, he snapped and gave a reaction that many argue was way beyond what was called for. There's a part of me that worries that could happen to me. That JD, Yolanda, or some other black ass might say something and I'll just lose it. A couple of weeks ago, we were on a very black Chicago radio show and the host was utterly dumbfounded at how disconnected I was from the black community. I mean, His mouth was literally a gate, and he literally sounded like he was concerned for me. He kept asking, how did I get like this? He asked J.D. and Yolanda what they thought of this oddity that is Ron Dawson. I mean, it was like I was some kind of experiment. And for the briefest moment, I felt unsafe. I felt like I was on the verge of being publicly ridiculed and shamed. Not by J.D. and Yo, but by this new person who had entered my sacred circle. My book, which shares the name of this podcast, is launching soon. And I will undoubtedly do virtual book tours and interviews with other black radio hosts. It's one thing to be in a room with JD and Yolanda, two dear friends that I know and trust, and have them tease me about something that comes up, but what if I do get a chance to be on Sway in the Morning, or checking in on Instagram, or higher learning? What if I get the holy grail of radio interviews and actually land a guest spot on The Breakfast Club and face Charlemagne the God? I have a pretty thick skin. But I worry that after untold interviews with black hosts and interviewers, all making support of the vast amounts of black knowledge that I used to lack, or still lack, that that skin will slowly grow thin and raw. What if, at the pinnacle of all the hard work I've put into this book and this show for the past five years, I will find myself facing the same challenge Denzel Washington warned of will. Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, Be careful, that's when the devil comes for you. How will I face that challenge? It's safe to say Will faced that challenge and lost. However you feel about his reasonings behind what he did and the fact that he did it, there's no denying the moment he's worked for his entire acting career to win an Oscar was besmirched by his actions. This won't be known as the Oscars where Will won his first, it will be fairly known as the one where he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. And while there are plenty of black people who thought Chris had it coming to him and even reveled in the slap, I found that profoundly sad for Will. I can't say for 100% certainty that after a year of doing this podcast and laying all my shit bare, on top of a book tour where I'll do the same, that I won't also reach a breaking point. I do think it's safe to say there's probably no chance of me ever slopping Charlemagne or anyone else for that matter, but I could see myself yelling and dropping a bunch of f-bombs. Although, knowing me, I'd probably chicken out and say frack instead of fuck. Uh, and it won't have quite the same gravitas. Until such time as that may or may not happen, I hope this show continues to be a vessel of love, compassion, understanding, and empathy. And most of all, a respite and safe haven for all those out there who feel like you don't quite fit in. The The Dungeons & Durex Podcast is a production of Blade Runner Media and Bonnie & Clyde Productions and is part of the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network. This episode was written, produced, and edited by me, Ron Dawson. Special thanks to my Black BFFs and podcast peeps, JD and Yolanda Cochran. No relation to Johnny. Huge thanks to Oscar, Sade, and Michael for coming on the show and sharing their thoughts and feelings. JD creates and edits our social media audiograms. Music used in the show was licensed from Artlist as well as Creative Commons songs from freemusicarchive.org. All the television podcasts and YouTube clips are copyrighted to their respective parties and used for education, critique, commentary, or satire. Check out the show notes for our statement on fair use. If you like the show, do all the podcasty things. You know, rate, review, share with your friends and family. Let us know what you thought about the episode and your thoughts about the post-Slappocalypse. Shoot us an email at podcast at You can even send us a voicemail message on our website at dungeonsandurags.com podcasts. If you leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts with your thoughts or stories, we just may read them on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Ron Dawson and on Instagram at Blurredronner. I write about race, religion, creative arts, and business on medium at rondawson.medium.com. You can follow J.D. on Twitter at that JD and Yolanda on rat in a wheel with all the words separated by underscores. That's it for now. Stay safe out there. And remember, having white privilege is not bad. Denying it is. And in the absence of biblical certainty, choose love. Until next time.